So I don't know if you've ever had a hard time getting access somewhere that you needed to be, but it can be incredibly frustrating when you're just trying to get somewhere you need to go and you can't get in. I remember one time when I was about 16, I was in a band called Mustard Seed. I know, great name right there, right? We actually were on, uh, there we are up on the screen. I'm the one in the... Uh, we're going to call that a red shirt. We're not going pink or purple with that. We're going to go red because that's super manly, all right? So there I am with my puffy hair, believe it or not. And we were on our way one time. Um, we were going to be playing a show upstate, and we stopped at a rest area. And we started talking about this with this guy. He's like, what are you guys doing? We're like, oh, we're in this cool band. We're in this rock punk band thing. And, and he's like, oh, what's your name? And we said mustard seed. And he literally laughed himself out of the rest area. So I know we need to work on the name a little bit. But this one time, I don't know how this happened. We were entered into this battle of the bands. We somehow won. And the reward was that we got to play a show at Bald Hill Amphitheater theater with all these huge artists. It was crazy. And so we went this one day for sound check, and we're doing the thing there, and it was really hot, and it was raining out. And when we were done with sound check, we're like, we got to find somewhere to go. We had hours before the show started. And all of a sudden, we, we saw like this one area up that was roofed, and it was all enclosed. We're like, what's that? We went back there, and it was basically the backstage area where all the important people were hanging out. There was air conditioning. There was catered food. And as soon as we walked in, everyone just stopped and looked. Like, music stopped playing. They're like, who are these kids? And a security guard came up, and he was like, um, you're not allowed in here. We were like, oh, no, no. Like, we're on the bill for tonight. Like, we're one of the bands. And he, like, gave us a can of soda and some Fritos and said, get out. And that was it, right? Access denied. I don't know if you realize this, but Sometimes we want to be close to the important people. In our case, we want to be close to God. And there was a time in human history, and this blows my mind that we don't think about this more often, but there was a time in human history when we as human beings did not have access to God. You see, you didn't wake up thinking about that today. Neither did I. Well, I kind of did because I'm preaching the message. But if I hadn't been, I wouldn't have woken up this morning thinking about the fact that we have this whole unbelievable access to God that we shouldn't have at all. And today, I want to talk with you about this a little bit. Because it is an enormous deal that you and I can approach God whenever we want. That we can come into God's presence whenever we want. That we can talk to him, pray to him, open up the Bible. We can worship God. We can think about God. We can invite him into our circumstances and our situation. We can bring him all the weights of our lives and all those different things. It is unbelievable that we have that opportunity. And so often we just simply forget that that's a huge deal. Now maybe you're newer to us. And if that's true, I'm so glad you're here. But maybe you're going to learn for the first time that you have access to God. That he wants a relationship with you. That you can be close to him. And we're going to talk about all this here this morning. But one of the things i got to talk about, especially for those of us who have been around this whole God thing for a while, we've been a Christian for a while, or maybe you are like consider yourself more religious than a Christian, wherever you are in this, here's what we have to understand. Problem number one we're going to address today is that we often view our access to God's presence as a responsibility instead of an invitation. You ever feel that? I have this responsibility. I must pray. I should pray. Pray. It's a responsibility. It's not that I am excited about it. It's a must to. It's a have to, right? I must read the Bible. I should read the Bible. I have a responsibility to open up God's word as a follower of Jesus because I know I ought to, right? I, I should worship God. It's not that I have this amazing invitation to respond to the creator of all things. Oh, no, no, no. I'm going to boil it down to 
a responsibility. See, that's what happens when we forget how beautiful it is that we have access to God. It becomes like all the other things in our lives. I have this responsibility. I own a home. I must pay the mortgage. I have a responsibility. I own a car. I should probably wash it and take care of it. I have a responsibility. I go to work or I'm at school. I should be on time, do my homework, get my, my projects in by the time the semester's over. I should, I should, I must, I must. It's responsibility, right? And I just wonder how God feels about that. You know, like, let me try to illustrate it for you like this. Ladies in the room, I need your help here. I need to sap into your feelings right now, and I need you to help me illustrate to everyone in the room right now a powerful point, okay? You guys with me? Ladies, yes? That was pathetic. Wow. Okay, oh, thank you. All right, good, good job, good job. We got one lady is with me today. All right, great. Here's the deal. I want you to imagine, ladies, all right? Your, your husband walks through the door. Your boyfriend walks through the door, right? Tomorrow, straight up, tucks on, right? Opens up this little bag and pulls out a gift and it's all wrapped beautifully and they hand it to you and he says, I need you to go put this on. And somehow he got your size right, ladies. It's incredible, okay? He figured it out. He bought this perfect dress. If you could have picked out a dress, this would have been the one. You go change. You come back out. You walk outside and there's a limo waiting out front, right? He escorts you to the limo, opens up the door. There are not 12 bouquets of roses. There are hundreds of bouquets of roses. This whole limo is full of roses. You can't even believe it. What is going on right now? You drive into the city. You go to this amazing restaurant. It's upscale, man. It's pricey. The fork you're eating worth is worth more than your life. There you are eating away, right? And as you're there, you're thinking, man, this is incredible. He is treating me so well. Why is he acting like this, right? And then he surprises you. You walk out back to the limo and you drive to your favorite Broadway show and you take in the thing. And then you get back in the limo and head to its beautiful dessert spot and you're hanging out there eating this amazing food and you get back in the limo at the end of the night and you look to your husband, you look to your boyfriend, and you say, why did you do all of this? I mean, you're just feeling so loved right now. You're feeling so cherished right now. He looks back and he says, well, as a man, I have a responsibility to, wrong words, wrong words, I'm just telling you, you're going to get killed, okay? You're going to die, right? It's not going to go well, all right? Wrong words. Can I just imagine for a second, here we are, guys, gathered on a Sunday in church, three-day weekend, a lot of people away, you're in church, and we just sang to God, we're opening up the Word of God, we just prayed about a bunch of different needs in our church, right? And I just wonder if God were to ask us, Guys, it's beautiful. You all came to church today. You didn't have to come. Here you are. Why'd you do this? I'm telling you around, the answer he's not looking for is, I have a responsibility. I figure I should. I figure it's the right thing to do. That's not the right answer. I mean, should we praise God? And should we be in church? And should we pray? And should we open the word of God? Absolutely. Yes, we should. But there's so much more than that. And so today, I want to talk with you about do you take for granted the access you have to God? I know I do sometimes. Do you take for granted the fact that at any moment you can whisper his name and he's listening? Whisper his name and he's listening. At any moment you can turn to him to take some of the weight and take some of the burden. We just did a two-week series to talk about how stressed out we all are, right? And you know what? We have the opportunity all throughout the week to bring him that stress. And so often we just don't appreciate the amazing access we have to him. Now, this also impacts a couple of the areas of our life. 
One of the things we have to realize is true is this. We often limit when we approach to God, when we approach God to a specific time. To a specific time. So some of us, because we kind of take for granted these access issues or we misunderstand them, we kind of say, all right, I guess I have access to God at any time, but I'm really going to make it about a specific time. And so some of you, you wait to connect with God all week long until this moment right here in church on Sunday, right? It's a specific time, right? 11.30, I come to 11.30 service, I'll connect with God then, right? Some of you guys, man, you have a time with God each day. Beautiful, right? You wake up early in the morning, or you take your lunch break, you open up the Bible, you listen to a podcast, you, right before you go to bed at night, you take a little prayer walk, amazing. Don't stop doing that, right? Jesus said his house is called a house of prayer. We should be praying here. We should be opening the word of God here. We should be worshiping here. We should have a time in our week where we just carve out time. We turn off Netflix and we get away from the kids. We get away from the project or we get away from the homework. We get away from it all and we just spend time with Jesus. We should, we should, we should. It's beautiful. But don't just limit it to a certain time. Don't just limit it to that specific time. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you might be saying, man, I don't know what this is all about. This guy's talking about like going to God like you go to a person, like having a conversation and, and hearing from God and speaking to God. And what is all this about? Well, yeah. See, God wants to have a relationship with you. This is not religion here going on in this building today. This is about a relationship with a God who loves us. And one of the things we do is called Starting Point. It's an environment to help you know how to pray, how to read the Bible, and how to, what worship's all about. Another thing we have available to you guys is in our Living Word Church app that Andrew talked about is a Bible reading plan. Right now, the book of Mark is up there, and you can go through the book of Mark at your own pace. We also, the book of Ephesians is going to be up there in the very near future, so you guys can just dig in to the Word of God. But here's the thing. So often, it's a, it's a specific time we're looking at. And today, I hope as we talk about the amazing access we have to God, we will invite God into our whole week, not just a specific, specific time. Another thing I think we wrestle with is this. We often limit where we approach God to a specific place, right? And so some of us say, okay, well, I'll pray when I go to church, right? And again, it's great that you pray when you're here. Or I'll pray when I have that time in my room when the door is shut. Or I'll pray when I have that time when I'm on my prayer walk or I drive to the beach or I sit by the fireplace. Or That's my thing, man. That's my place and that's my time, you know? I encourage you guys, great, have those times. Go into your room, shut the door, spend some time praying. Spend some time opening the word of God. In fact, I just advise you, be careful about getting into bed and doing all that because you'll probably be asleep soon. Actually, I had a friend, not, not making this up, who named his bed the word. So he could sound really spiritual, you know? Like, his friend's calling him, texting him, he's, you know, sleeping late. Like, I'm oh, sorry to get back to you, man. I was in the Word this morning and just so refreshed, you know? Like, so, not making that up, right? So don't, don't steal that one. It's called lying. But, but there, you have this opportunity to spend time with God. But guys, it's about so much more than just a specific time and just a specific place. This is so important to talk about because, man, we can't ever take for granted the access we have to God. And we can't ever be limited by a time or a place. It's so important that we appreciate the access we have to God and it's so important that we learn to take conversation with God outside of those times and those places. Now, I get excited to talk about this because this is something I've struggled with in my lifetime, right? Somebody once said, if preachers preach from their weaknesses, they'll never run out of material, right? So true. This is one of the weaknesses I've had in my life. There have been seasons of my life I have not appreciated the access that I have to God at any given moment. There also have been times in my life where I was so focused on the time or the place 
that I really, really became legalistic. What's legalistic mean? It means that you're more about performing for God than you are about enjoying God. And I found myself in that place. And this whole idea of spending time with God and having a conversation with him was a responsibility I saw and not an invitation I received. Do you see the difference? And so here today, I want to inspire you to enjoy the access that you have to God and to really and truly take advantage of it. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, I am so excited that you're here. And I hope today you will not only hear that God wants to have a conversation with you, but you will realize that he desires closeness with you. He desires to know you. He desires you to know him. And you might have walked, walked into this place this morning saying, there's no way God wants me. There's no way he's interested in me. I'm a mess. I'm a wreck. Some of you Christians walked in here feeling that today. And today, I just hope and pray that as we look at what God has done for us, we will see all this through a completely different lens. And one of the things i got to say, too, is we live on Long Island. You're like, oh, thanks, Doug. Didn't know that. We live on Long Island, right? And on Long Island, do you know what is true? Most people grow up either Catholic or Jewish, right? And so that means a lot of us are used to making it about a specific time and a specific place. And you know what else we're used to? We are used to feeling like we have no access to God. We're, fe- we're used to feeling almost like God's on the other side of that curtain, and I'm on this side of the curtain, and I have no business going back there by him. And so today we're going to work through all of that. So let's start out literally at the beginning, okay? God creates Adam and Eve, and think about how he creates them. He creates them in this garden, and everything is beautiful. But do you know what the best thing about the garden was? It wasn't that there was no mosquitoes or country music or any of that, right? It wasn't any of that. The best thing about the garden, ready for this? We all think, oh man, the garden would have been so great because man, no sin, no sickness, no disease. That's great. You know what the best part was? Perfect access to God. Perfect access to God. I can go, Adam and Eve could go to God at any point, talk at any point. God used to just hang out with them in the garden. How beautiful, how amazing is that, right? But then sin enters the picture, right? And when sin entered the picture, that all got messed up, right? And so now there's this problem. Now there's this barrier, and Adam and Eve are removed from God's presence. And as you fast forward through history a little bit, do you know what we begin to see? We begin to see the Israelites who are following God, and they build a tabernacle and a temple. These are meeting places where they can meet with God and spend time with God. But there's serious, serious access issues. And I'm just telling you today, the reason I'm going to go into all of this The reason we're going to dig deep into all this today is because I want you and I to leave here going, I am shocked and amazed and so grateful I have access to God like I do today. That's my goal for you today. That you would leave here going, I can't believe, not that I have the responsibility, I have the invitation that I have into God's presence to open his word, to bring him my request, to worship God, to go to church, to share my faith. It's incredible that I have this. And what maybe some of us saw uh, as we were walking in the building today as a responsibility, we will now see as a tremendous invitation and a tremendous blessing. And so let's talk about these access issues. So the nation of Israel, they'd come together and they'd get to the temple and there were such access issues. You want to talk about access denied? It was incredible. Like you're you're literally not going to believe some of the things I'm going to say today because you're so used to your relationship with God how it is. And today I hope we just, from that, gain incredible appreciation for what we have. And so here's what you had. 
they'd come to the temple, and there were five divisions of the temple. And the first thing was the, called the court of the Gentiles. Gentiles were anybody who was non-Jewish. Probably most of us here in this room today. So you could go to the court of Gentiles no matter who you were, but it was outside the temple. You technically weren't even in the temple yet. It was a courtyard outside of it. And you know what? You, even though you were near the temple, and the temple is where God's presence was, you weren't anywhere near God's presence yet. You're outside the temple hanging out in this courtyard where anybody can go, access denied. The next spot was called the outer court. But you know what? Gentiles, which is probably 95% of us here in this room today, weren't allowed into this next part of the temple. In fact, there were signs on the walls that literally said, if Gentiles try to pass this point, they will be put to death. Like that was the penalty. Then you had the inner court, and there were more qualifications for who could go to the inner court. So are you guys getting this like, almost like as an image here? I want you to picture it in your mind, all right? You got the, the, the court of the Gentiles outside where we're all hanging out, but we're not allowed inside that outer court. And then now we're getting into the inner court where only certain people can go. And at this point, whether you're Jewish or Gentile here in the room today, 100% of us are out by now. We're not even by the, by, by the presence of God yet. Temple is the only place the presence of God was, and you and I can't get to it. Then they have what was called the holy place, and the holy place is where the priests would perform their duties, and, and they do some sacrifices and some rituals and things, and only the priests could go there. And then, finally, you get to what's called the most holy place. And the most holy place was where the literal presence of God was. It was behind a curtain. The curtain in Jesus' day, in the temple when Jesus lived, was 60 feet high, four inches thick. These curtains behind me are 14 feet high, about a quarter inch thick. Imagine 60 foot curtains that are four inches thick, and the reason they're there is to remind you, you don't belong in the presence of God. That's why they're there. One time a year, one person, the high priest, could go back into that room. Only person granted access. One day a year, one certain person. You know what? At this time, also along with that whole scene was this whole idea of, okay, spending time with God is about a certain place. It's about a certain time. They would gather to hear the reading of the word of God, but it would be, you know, back out in that outer temple where most people could hear it, right? And they would come together and they would pray. But again, remember, nobody's allowed you. You can't just walk on, you know, into the presence of God here. No, you got to stay out because you and I, were sinful and we can't get close to our God. And so we have all of these different barriers. And you know what? They would pray at the temple, or if they weren't at the temple, they would pray in the direction of the temple. So let me just ask you a question. Any of you here in this room today, maybe because we misunderstand the access that we have with God, do you make it about a certain time or place? Like, have you made your relationship with God about meeting here on Sunday? Or have you made your relationship with God about your bedroom or, or the walk around the neighborhood or the beach? You know, anybody here done that? Now, I'm not saying like when we're getting ready to pray, we got to, you know, like, oh, wait, where's 495 Hoffman? Okay, facing east, right? Like, and we're not like praying in the direction of this building, but still, don't we in our own weird way make it about a time and a specific place? Why do I bring all this up? Because I today just pray that you and I will begin to discover the access we have to God and we will invite God into our whole week. See, here's the problem, and this is what was a huge deal for me. What I would do is I'd go, okay, it's, uh, okay, it's nine o'clock at night. It is time for my time with God. So let me go get away from everyone else and I'm gonna open up the Bible and I'm gonna spend some time praying and I have my time with God. And then when I would leave, it'd be like, okay, now I'm gonna go live real life. You know what I mean? 
I have my time with God, now I'm going to go out and live real life. And what I love about this whole concept and this whole idea of this message today is that we would begin to say, okay, how about if I invite God into my normal life? How about if I do go spend my time with God, but, but he comes with me back out to work, back out to school, back out to my friendships, back out to all my relationships. What if I invite him because suddenly something amazing has changed when it comes to my access to him? So let's keep kind of digging deep here, right? So as I said a minute ago, only the high priest could go back behind the curtain and only could do it once a year. And then the very first high priest was a guy named Aaron, Moses' brother, right? And I want you to see what Aaron had to do before he could even go into the presence of God. Why am I reading all this? Because I think it's going to help us appreciate what we actually have. If Aaron had the access to God that you and I have, it would blow his mind. Watch this. Verse 3 of Leviticus 16. This is how Aaron, these are the instructions God gave. This is how Aaron is to enter the sanctuary with a young bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. He's to put on the sacred linen tunic with linen undergarments next to his body. He's to tie the linen sash around him and put on the linen turban. Now I am just going to say right here and now, be very real with you, I'm so thankful that I am not Aaron, that this is not properly done anymore because I'd be standing up here with a couple of livestock and some linen turbans on and Uncle Doug ain't down for that, okay? I'm finding a new job if that's part of the requirement. Requirements, all right? I'm so thankful that's not a part of the job anymore. But look at this. This gets very powerful very quickly. Ready? These are sacred garments. Ready? So he must bathe himself with water before he puts them on. What is that? A reminder. Aaron, you are a sinner. You're not going in the presence of God. Dirty. Go clean yourself up. Whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm 40 years old. Never in my 40 years of following Jesus and figuring this all out and trying to my best to see who he is and, and follow along. Never in my life have I said, I'm going to go spend some time with God. I should probably clean myself up first. Have you? No. Somebody else cleaned this up, didn't they? Goes on. Check this out. Stays very powerful. From the Israelite community, he's to take two male goats for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. Aaron is to offer the bull for his own sin offering to make atonement for himself and his household. Here's something else I've never done in 40 years of my life. I have never said, oh man, I, I really would love to spend some time with God. I got to go get a ram and a goat and make an offering for myself before I enter his presence, right? Never done that. But Aaron has to go get the ram and the goat to cover his own sin so that he can walk into the very presence of God. Are you guys seeing what you have today? Can I read a little bit more? I could go on and on in Leviticus, but you're all going to be sleeping and drooling on me real quick. But let's go into verse 7. Then he is to take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the entrance to the tent of the meeting. He's to cast lots for the two goats, one lot for the Lord, the other for the scapegoat. Aaron shall bring the goat whose lot falls to the Lord, sacrifice it for a sin offering. But the goat chosen by lot as the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to be used for making atonement by sending it into the desert as a scapegoat. We could go on and on and on and on and on. You're like, Doug, please stop. I know. That's the point. That's the point. Aaron had to go on and on and on and on and do all these countless things before he could even get into the presence of God. And he's the only guy allowed to do it one time a year. I'm just going to ask you a question. When you come in here on a Sunday, do you walk into this building going, I'm so excited. I have access to God. When, when you open up your Bible or your Bible app at home, 
you go, God, I can't wait to hear from you right now. This is crazy. I have the word of God on like 17 devices. I have three actual Bibles and real print humans wrote them down and copied it, physicalness. It's amazing, right? I can open that up. I can look at that. I can go online. I can find out 17 million different translations. The Bible's written in all these languages. This is crazy. Do we approach God? And his presence and his word, with that kind of access, I get to go to church today and raise my hands to God and praise him for all that he's done. Is my life perfect? No. Am I going through some hard stuff? Yeah. But you know what? Like Andrew said, I'm going to praise him anyway because he's that good. Where do we go? Oh, man. 11.30. Got to get there, I guess. Hope Doug's not too boring today. (laughs) Hope we can kind of get through this, you know, man. uh, Oh, Andrew's on today. Wow, man. When he sings, he's good, but... I guess I'll maybe try to sing along a little. I mean, wow, what a difference. Is it a responsibility or is it an invitation? See, this is the access that we have to God. So let's answer some questions about the way it used to be. Where was God's, I'm sorry, when was God's presence accessible? Once a year. Where was God's presence accessible? Only behind the curtain. How did they approach God? In fear. Who could approach God? Only Aaron. And why would they approach God? Much of it was to appease for the sins that they had committed. Much of it was for Aaron to go in there and be able to say, all right, God, here's what we've done. Please don't judge us. God had every right to judge us. You might say here today, well, Doug, what's with this God being so like judgmental of people's situations? Remember this, guys. God is just, which means he can't just look at some sin and say, ah, no big deal. Imagine you and I walked out this door today and someone was murdered right in front of us. We wouldn't just look at it and go, and eh, no big deal. We'd all say, oh my gosh, we've got to go find that person and there needs to be payment for what was just done. And so Aaron would go back behind the curtain and make all these sacrifices. And here's the thing. When he went back there to make the sacrifices, the sacrifices didn't take away anybody's sin. That was just a picture that a greater payment was going to be necessary. Remember when you were a kid, some of you kids here in the room, parents, you get in trouble, go to your room. I remember the first time I got sent to my room, I thought the punishment was going to my room. And then I find out a greater payment was coming, right? Golden ages of spanking. Oh, it was the good old days, man, right? And you know what? Sometimes it was that or sometimes it was some discipline. And you go up there and you think, oh, they sent me out of a room, man. That's, that's, that stinks, man. And then, and then you found out that the longer they waited to come up, the worse your punishment was going to be. So if they were up there in like 10 seconds, it was like, okay, cool. I can't play with my remote control car today. No big deal, you know. But if they came up like an hour or two later, It was like, okay, you're grounded for a week and we're selling your spleen on the black market. Like, it was serious, right? And you know what? In the same way, that was just, going to your room was a picture of greater payment to come. Aaron going into the little room behind the curtain was a picture of greater payment to come. Wonder who that payment would be. I wonder who'd make that payment on your behalf and my behalf. Well, we're gonna get there as we go on. But you might say, man, it seems like God's so harsh here. Like some of you guys came to church today. You've never been before. You're here today because somehow you saw my social media posts. And on those social media posts, you know what they said? They said, hey, you ever wonder the difference between religion and relationship? We're going to talk about it Sunday. You know what else it said? Hey, you ever feel like God's cold and distant and angry? We're going to talk about that this Sunday because we're going to discover who God is. And some of you guys are going, but this God behind the curtain sounds like that cold, distant, angry God. What's going on here? Well, let me tell you what's going on here. God set it all up to be perfect for you and me perfect access to him. And then we, humankind, sinned. You might go, but that's not fair. I wasn't Adam or Eve. If we had been, we would have sinned just like they. And then God shows his justice 
And the way that sin is dealt with is dealt with very heavily. And you say, but it feels like God was a different God. It feels like this isn't the Jesus I know, you know? It feels like this God's angry and cold and distant. All right, here's the deal. God didn't change. This is an important concept. God did not change. All you have going on is you have God in the Old Testament showing you part A of the plan. And in the New Testament, thank God, we get part B of that very same plan. And now we're going to start talking about part B. So to this point, we've seen zero access to God. We've seen very much this relationship mentality about a specific time and a specific place. But then Jesus comes, and doesn't everything change? God didn't change. The part of the plan changed. Now we're on to act two. And Jesus shows up, and he starts talking with his followers, right? And it was crazy, too, because it wasn't like if Peter wanted to have a conversation with Jesus, he had to go, hey, Jesus, we got to face the temple, right? It wasn't like Peter had to go take a bath and put on some tunics and go get some livestock and perform a sacrifice so he could talk to Jesus. No, they just talked. They were in a conversation. How is this possible? What, what, is, what is this new beautiful part of the second part of this plan that's in place that we see now? Well, Paul's going to help us out in Hebrews 10. Look what it says. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence, confidence, confidence to enter the most holy place. Wait, the most holy place was the place behind the curtain. Nobody could go. And now you're saying I can have confidence to go into God's presence? I can have confidence to get into his very presence? It says this, by the blood of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus. Guys, you have to understand, these are first century followers of Jesus whose ancestors were probably largely Jewish. And they were used to no access to God. The temple, time with God is very solemn. It's very fearful. You're afraid of God. And now we're told, come on in. Come into the presence of God. Isn't this interesting? Because Jesus' death on the cross enables us to get into God's presence. And this whole new thing has changed. So where access had been denied, now access accepted. Those of you guys into politics, I want you to imagine tonight you guys get home, you throw on CNN or Fox News or whatever you watch, and as you're just kind of watching, suddenly you hear this crazy thing come over the TV. They're like, just want to let you know, um, Oval Office is now open for anyone that wants to come in and just hang out, like just bring some chips and a soda and just, you know, you don't have to knock, just walk in, you can hang out, put your feet up, you know. What? Right? Those of you guys who are into sports, right? Imagine after all the football games today, there's an announcement that goes out. Uh, before you all leave, just want to let you know that the locker rooms are open. You guys want to go hang out with your favorite player, man. It's all good. Go, go right in. They're ready for you. Imagine those of you guys who are into concerts. You go to your, you know, see whoever it is, Coldplay or U2 or whoever you like out there. And, and there they are in Madison Square Garden. And then at the end of the day, the lead singer gets up, Bono gets up. He goes, oh, we're going to put all of our cell phone numbers up on the screens. Um, you guys, man, text us, calls, reach out, whatever, man. Reach out, right? Like, those are horrible examples of a situation where access had been denied, where access is now granted. And what we have in Jesus is a billion times greater than all of that. Look what it says in the next part. This is a deep, but powerful verse 20. By a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. You guys remember those 60-foot curtains that were up in the temple that protected the, the presence of God from, from sinners? Remember that? Well, when Jesus was on the cross, that curtain was ripped in two. Remember that part of the story? Jesus is on the cross, and as he breathes his last, that curtain is ripped apart. In other words, it says, access granted. 
Those of you who have been on the other side of the curtain your whole life, access granted. Come on in to the presence of God because of what Jesus has done. And Paul does something beautiful here. He basically is trying to get us to equate the tearing of that curtain with the tearing of Jesus' body for us. He's saying Jesus is that curtain. Jesus is the curtain that opened up the access for you and I to be able to approach God. Finally, finally, people have wanted it for so long. People have wanted that nearness for so long. And now we have access. Tom Constable says it this way. We can enter God's presence through by means of Jesus' crucified flesh as though we were entering the holy of holies or the most holy place through the torn temple veil. Jesus is that torn curtain for you and me. That's why if you're not a follower of Jesus here today, you're like, yeah, but this must be like for the religious people or the Christians or something like, how is this possible? No, it's for you because Jesus allowed his body to be ripped apart. Literally, scriptures tell us he was unrecognizable as a human, beaten, abused, mocked, placed on a cross, and died so that you and I could have access to God. And it says this, verse 21, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, Jesus was that priest. Jesus was the one. Remember Aaron went back there to make the sacrifice? Jesus said, well, I'm going to go go ahead and make the sacrifice, but I'm actually going to be the sacrifice. And that's why you don't call me father or priest. You just call me plain old Doug. That's fine with me. Because I am not representing you to God. You get to go do that yourself. You get to go walk right into his presence. Jesus represented you to God. And you have access Aaron was sinful and had to make sacrifices for his own sin. Jesus was without sin and became the sacrifice for our sin. Look what it says here in verse 22. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full and with the full assurance that faith brings. Let us draw near. Let's get close. This is an invitation, not a responsibility. We get to access the presence of God. How incredible. How mind-blowing. Every Friday, our staff goes out on what we call a prayer drive. We get in my station wagon. Oh, I don't have a station wagon anymore. That'd be pretty cool. If anyone's selling one, I'm in. We get in my minivan, and we drive around. And as we're driving around, we're praying. We're praying that God will do big things on Long Island. We're praying for the community. We're praying that just amazing things will happen here as we are seeking Jesus. And this past Friday, we're driving the streets of Comac, because, of course, we're on our way to Chick-fil-A. Where else? You know? You're going to see the Spirit of God move. It's going to be there. And so we're on our way to Chick-fil-A. And as we're just praying, I, I literally said this out loud because I had this message on my mind. I said this out loud, and the other guys on staff kind of looked at me like, and kind of chuckled, like, what's up with Doug? They'll know today as they listen to the message. I'm like, God, thank you so much that five knuckleheads in a minivan driving the streets of Comac can access your presence right here, right now. We don't have to go cleanse ourselves and put on special clothes and make all these sacrifices. We're not on the other side of the curtain. We don't have to find someone holier than us and send them back behind the curtain. We, God, we, in this minivan, get to access your presence right now and ask you to do something unheard of on Long Island. That's the access you and I have every single day of our lives. And the reason we have it is because The next part of the scripture says, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us. We've been cleansed. Why can you access the presence of God? Because you've been cleansed. You're no longer guilty. That guilty conscience some of us walked in with uh, this morning, some of you guys who maybe aren't followers of Jesus, you don't have to walk out with that because you've been cleansed as you put your trust in Jesus. And having our bodies washed with pure water, man, that's a lot better than Long Island tap water. This isn't what's coming out of your spigot at home. This is that water that cleanses you and me from our sin. 
and gives us access to God. So can we ask a couple of the questions we asked earlier? When is God's presence accessible? Anytime. Where is God's presence accessible? Any place. How do we approach him? With confidence. Who can join the conversation? Anybody. And why is this possible? Because Jesus gave his life for us. I'm telling you right now, if Aaron could stand on this stage and he could look you in the eyes today and say, please approach Jesus. Please approach his presence. Please don't ever walk into this building on a Sunday and take for granted we get to worship God together. Don't ever take for granted you have a billion apps on your phone where you can access the word of God. Don't ever take for granted that at the grocery store or in a minivan somewhere or go old school and station wagon it, you can access the presence of God at any minute. Please approach him. Please don't see this as a weight or responsibility. Please see it as an invitation. What I want you to remember today are a few simple words. Jesus died to give you access to God. Now, there's a problem with that statement. You know what the problem is? We're used to it. We're used to that statement. That's what's so sad is some of us look at the screens and we go, sweet, when's lunch? Cool, man. Doug almost done? No, Jesus died to give you access. Jesus died so you could approach him. Jesus died so there's no more curtain. Jesus died so you don't have to make sacrifices for yourself. Jesus died so we don't have a guilty conscience anymore. So let me change how that reads. Maybe it needs to be a little bit more intense to actually make a difference in our hearts today. It took the brutal death of Jesus to give you access to God. Guys, it wasn't pretty. Like we've seen some pictures Until the Passion of the Christ came out many years ago, we'd kind of seen this very cleaned up, kind of handsome Jesus hanging on the cross, a few drops of blood. No, you would have looked away. You wouldn't have let your kids look up at that cross. And it took that to give you and me access to God. It took that so we can just pray whenever we want. It took that so you can invite God into your week and you can bring him the weights and the burdens on your heart. It took that so you could have the word of God any moment, any time, any place. So how do we respond? Yes, praise Jesus, that's right. How do we respond to this? Don't take the access you have for God. I'm sorry, don't take your access to God for granted. Don't take the access you have to him for granted. Don't ever again read the Bible. Don't ever again pray. Don't ever again worship because you feel guilty, because you feel bad. Because you feel like it's your responsibility. Because you feel like that husband or boyfriend, hey man, I just should, I should load this limo up with roses because it'd probably just be the right thing to do. No, yeah, it's the right thing to do to pray and to worship and to come here and to praise God together. But don't ever do it again because it's the right thing to do. Do it because you have access to the most unbelievable God. And you have him anywhere, anytime. When's the last time you woke up in the morning and just said, God, thank you so much that I could come to you today. Thank you so much that no matter what I go through, no matter what burden I bear, no matter how horrible work is, no matter what people do or say, no matter how bad school is, no matter how horrible this final goes or this report goes or, or how, how hard this whole joblessness thing is or how difficult my marriage is right now, no matter all that, God, I can come to you. God, thank you so much. I don't have to go on the other side of that curtain and try to find you. God, you were the curtain that ripped yourself apart that I would have access to you. God, thank you. God, thank you. 
Probably been a while, right? Since we woke up like that. And my prayer today is that's how we'll wake up tomorrow. And that's how we'll spend the rest of our day today. And that's how we'll go through our, our night. And that's how we'll go through our week. So let's get practical. Don't limit when and where you pray. Have one big conversation with God. Don't limit it anymore. Maybe you just needed to hear this for the first time, or maybe you needed the reminder. Wait, I'm not going to limit it to church. I'm not going to limit it to my room or that time with God. I'm going to talk with God all day long. I'm going to spend that time with him no matter where I am. I'm going to stay connected talking with him. Jimmy on the second row here is one of our elders, awesome guy. And I know that he just is constantly praying. And it was funny, a few weeks ago, we went to look at a property for our church. Beautiful property. And we were hoping to buy it. We were real excited about it. We actually made an offer. We were like, oh man, maybe this is it, you know. And so we're pumped about it. And we kind of made a few trips over there to just see, uh, make sure everybody kind of agreed and that, you know, the elders and the staff and everybody's on the same page. And, and so Jimmy came one of those times and we're walking around the property and the owner is taking us on a tour of the property. And as we're walking along, he's telling us, man, this guy spent the last six years of his life building this place. I mean, when I say property, it's not just like an empty field. It was beautiful, the stuff that this guy put out there and built. It was incredible. And so Jimmy's talking with him, and, and Jimmy at one point just stops the whole group. He goes, uh, hey guys, let's just pray for the owner. I was like, cool, man, yeah, pray for the owner, you know? Pray for him. Now, if, I'm thinking like, you know, maybe God will soften his heart in a moment. And like, just take it. Just take the property for free, right? You know? And Jimmy had different thoughts, though. Jimmy's praying for him, and I'm like, yes, Lord. Amen, Lord. Yes, yes. Yes, God. Next thing, Jimmy said, yes. Thank you, God. Yes. And then Jimmy goes, and God, it's so evident to me that he loves this property so much. I pray you'd make a way for him to keep it. And I'm like, Jimmy, shut up. What are you doing, bro? And God made a way for him to keep it. So you need an answer to prayer. You talk to Jimmy. Nah. <laughs> you know what? God's big enough to, to, to bless that man with that beautiful property he poured his life into and provide something else for us. But I love about Jimmy is that he's in there in the moment and he's ready to be hoping that the Spirit's leading to pray for the man whose property we want to buy and don't want him to keep. <laughs> and that's what I'm talking about is this big conversation with God. Jimmy didn't go you know what, man, I'm going to pray for you on Sunday. I'll tell you what, when he was done praying for this guy, and if the guy's watching the podcast, love you, bro, but you're a little tough around the edges. When Jimmy got done praying for him, he had some tears in his eyes. And who knows, man, maybe he'll hang on to his property, but he'll be in one of these seats one day. That'd be pretty cool. That's what I'm talking about. When we began to say, God, I'm not going to limit your, you, you know, accessing you to my bedroom or to church. I'm going to invite you into my week, man. Watch things come alive. Watch God start to do some stuff in you and through you. Anybody bored in your relationship with Jesus, start to have a conversation with God all day long. Watch that change. Not because you should, but because you can. This invitation. Don't limit when and where you read the Bible. Let God's word speak to you all throughout the day. If there's ever a time in human history, this is easy. It's now. With all the apps and all the access we have to the word of God. Be in the word of God. Let, let, let it sink into your heart. Lastly, don't limit when and where you worship. Let praise leave your lips consistently. Some of my favorite people to hang out with are those who are constantly just praising God. Constantly are able to find the good within the bad and say, yeah, but you know, God did this or God did that. Lips just full of the praise of God. And you know what? When we start to do this and live this, do you know what happens? We begin to find our relationship with God take off because it's not about a temple. It's not about a church. It's not about a school we turn into a church. It's not about your room or your car or the beach. 
It's about a conversation with a God that has given us access we don't deserve. And I'm so thankful that God helped me begin to appreciate his presence more and more. I'm so thankful that he helped me get free of the legalism of I must, I must, I must perform into no, no, I must, I must, I must enjoy. I must enjoy God. I must enjoy his presence. I must enjoy opening his word. I must enjoy lifting my hands to him in praise because there's nothing like living that way. So if you're a follower of Jesus today, have you maybe taken for granted the access you have to him? If you're a follower of Jesus today, have you maybe turned that whole relationship with God thing into a time or a place instead of inviting him into your week? It's kind of cool. He invited us into his presence. Maybe we need to invite him into our, our presence, huh? God, you have access to me. I have access to you. No more curtain back there. God, you have access to me. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I'd love for you to put your trust in him today. Love for you to say, wow, God changed everything. This is incredible. What great news. I don't have to have a guilty conscience anymore. He got on the cross and rescued me from my sin and my shame. This is amazing, amazing news. If you want to put your trust in him, I'm going to give you a chance to do that in just a minute here today. But I hope you recognize today that it took the brutal death of Jesus to give you access to God. Let's pray. God, we're so humbled God, we don't deserve to, I, don't, I, I, should have, I have zero reason or grounds to be able to stand right now and talk to you. But you've made a way for me and you've made a way for every person in this church. And God, I thank you so much. I just pray, God, that you'll do great things in our lives. If you're a follower of Jesus, would you really pray about where you struggle in all of this? What is it for you? Have you taken this access that you have for granted? Or maybe have you made your relationship with God about a time or a place? It's so much bigger than that. Would you pray about that? Would you get specific with God right now about all that? And if you're not a follower of Jesus and you want to put your trust in him today, we had a bunch of people at the first service put their trust in Jesus. So exciting. I'd love for you today to pray with me if you'd like to right now. You can just pray something like this. Jesus, thank you so much that you want me and that you, God, desire for me to know you And God, I thank you that you've given me access because of what Jesus did for me. God, I I recognize I have no right to access in your presence. I have no standing, God, before you because of my own merits to earn me anything from you. But Jesus, you have made the way. You have become the way. Thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rescuing me. Oh God, show me what it is to follow you. So before we open our eyes today, I would love to be praying for anybody that that prayed that prayer for the first time this morning. You don't have to do this, but I would love, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time today and invited Jesus into your heart, would you just look me in the eyes real quick so I can be praying for you this week? And I will pray for you. I want you to know that. I will pray for you throughout the week. Anybody do that here this morning? Awesome. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you, God. God, thank you for those that today have put their trust in you. And I pray, God, that you'll keep them close to you and do amazing things in their life. We're going to stand together and worship. And guys, let's get at it. Let's get at it. Let's worship God. We have access to him. Aaron would have died to stand up like this and be able to directly praise his maker. We don't just praise our maker. We praise our Savior. So would you stand with us and worship?